Hey, Manager After God friends. Thank you for your continued faithfulness and listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to talk about why Christian community is necessary for your marriage. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Christian community and how it's necessary for a healthy, strong, thriving Christian marriage. Just to start back in our own life, um, we, you, Aaron, you just mentioned that we um, led a Christian community, uh, a marriage group um, back in the day, and yeah. that was really exciting times, and we were kind of still figuring out Christian community yeah, back probably then. shouldn't have been leading something, but, <laughs> but we had we the opportunity, and, and there yeah. was a lot of growth that came from that, um, but I do want you to share just a little bit about how we got into that community and why it impacted our marriage so much. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned in a previous episode about some of our story and how God took us from a very difficult place in our marriage and started a healing process for us. And that began at a marriage ministry that our church, our huge church was putting on. And it was just this, this, um, this ministry that happened on Wednesday nights and hundreds of people went to this thing. Um, but instead of it being a thing where you sit in rows and you're facing the front where a pastor's teaching, um, which was common, uh, you would sit around a round table. And so there was like 50 or 60 round tables in the room and you'd sit around the table with maybe three, four, five other couples. Um, as the minister grew, it got to some, there was like 12 couples at some tables. You had to bring tables together and <laughs> we would have to split off. And, uh, but that was, that was our first real experience of, of digging into Christian community. Um, we, you know, we've walked, we've been Christians for a long time, but that was our first time really sitting with other believers and actually being transparent and open as a married couple as a married couple. It was really cool. So the the beginning of the night started out with like a 15 minute message uh, where we dug into the word, but then it forced us into a time of uh, mm. discussion. And there was questions that people could or could not answer or had the option to. And so there, there was just this time of engaging. And that was when we really experienced mm. what it was like to, to engage in Christian community. Yeah. And not that Christian community only is... Um, evident in this format, but this was our first experience with it. Um, and what was amazing about it was instead of, because what kept us in our um, brokenness for so long was the darkness, keeping things in, not telling people about it. We believed we were the only ones going through stuff that we were going through. And then we're sitting around this table and each one of these couples, um, uh, non-surprisingly, 
you know, now we're going through very similar things. Maybe not exactly what we were going through, but they struggle with arguments and fighting and bitterness and anger and intimacy issues and uh, other issues, family issues. And we're like, wait a minute. We're, first of all, not, we're normal. Mm-hmm. We thought we were abnormal, but we're normal. And what happened was, since we were all communicating and being able to share and being open with it and walking in the light with each other, uh, we actually started getting healing because things got to come out and we actually got to get corrected on things that need to be corrected, encouraged on things that needed to be encouraged. Comforted when we were broken. Comforted. That was a big thing because we were internally just in turmoil. Yeah. And then we can have friends. Like I remember, you know, some of our closest friends, we'd be up until like 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning just crying and laughing and yeah. finding emotional and spiritual healing in that way because we were actually having a real deep connection with another couple. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the difference was. And those listening might be able to relate to this. When you um, are participating in church weekly, mm-hmm. um, it can be really easy to come in and come out. Which get, is what we did. Get fed and leave. Um, and we were doing that for a really long time. We didn't realize we were missing this element of our part in engaging in Christian community and what that looked like. We had conversations with people yeah. and every once in a while experienced the depths of, yeah. of And we that had goodness. close friends mm-hmm. and... But but I think there was a difference in that time period and what we learned about God's body and how and what our part was mm-hmm. in in that. So, you know, we just shared a little bit about kind of our initial experience as God was teaching us about community and being one with the body of Christ. And so instead of just giving you our opinions and feelings on it, we'd like to just enlighten everyone on what the scriptures show as community and the purpose of Christian community and what it is so that we can all have a a better understanding of it. Because like you said earlier, it could get easy to think like, well, I go to church on Sundays and then I said hi to my friends and I left. And then like my day goes and I have no other interactions with them. And I just, that's maybe a piece of Christian community, but it is not the whole pie. And if that is happening, I think that a lot of people could be feeling this overwhelming sense of loneliness or disconnection from the body of Christ. And so we want to just shine some light on it. So the first scripture I want to bring up is in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 3 through 17. It says this, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in sight of all. So when we read the scripture and other scriptures, it shows us how much more intentional and deep God's calling us to be Mm -hmm. in the body. And not just for our own sake, but for the other's sake. 
What I love about this scripture too is it reminds us that we are a part of a of a body. It's not just us. It's mm-hmm. not just our marriage flying solo yeah. by themselves. Um, and each one of our marriages has a part in the body. And we need to be mm-hmm. engaging and utilizing our our talents and gifts and everything that God has given us mm-hmm. to um, to do our part and function in the body. Yeah, like this verse right here, it says, so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, mm-hmm. which is so much, so being a member of someone else that I actually have a responsibility to you mm-hmm. and you have a responsibility to me, but then in the, in the local assembly, the local body, we have responsibilities to each other mm-hmm. that I can't just be like, well, you know, we're friends and that's great. And you know, then I'm going to go home. We're going to be our, have our own thing. Autonomy on an Island. No which happens a lot, which happens a lot. We did. We've it. done it. <laughs> We've gone and, through seasons of doing it. <laughs> yeah. And recognizing that we actually have a responsibility to the other members mm-hmm. of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Hey, we just wanted to take a quick break from this week's episode to invite you and your spouse to take Jennifer and I's 31 day marriage prayer challenge. We wrote 31 prayers for my husband and 31 prayers for my wife to encourage couples in their prayer life for one another. So if you're interested in taking our challenge, as thousands of couples have already done, please go to marriageaftergod.com forward slash challenge at the end of this episode, and you'll get more information about the challenge. Thousands of couples have already gone through this prayer challenge, and we're so excited to be able to extend this to you and invite you to participate. We dare your marriage. And a marriage after God is one that understands this purpose and this value in the mm-hmm. body and fulfills it and fulfills their role in it, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. And so I, I just want to encourage us that the the de- definition that the Bible gives of Christian community is not something out there. Mm-mm. You know, oh, we, we're going to enter into this Christian community. No, we are Christian community and we need to be a part of the body of Christ because we are individually members of one another. Mm-hmm. That... We have a responsibility and a mandate and an obligation to other believers. And it gets messy and sticky because when you're around a bunch of people, Who there's people involved yeah. <laughs> and people have their, their issues and their things and their idiosyncrasies and mm-hmm. their pasts. Um, but you know what? We have a responsibility to each other. Just like, just like Christ loves us in our messiness and um, you know, helps our marriage along mm-hmm. in its chaos, uh, we're called to do the same for, for his body. Yeah, so I hope that just gives you a, a bigger, like Romans 12, um, read it. You can read through that. There's other passages in Galatians. Chapter 5 talks about our unity. Um, in the Gospels, it talks about walking in the light, mm-hmm. you know. And so we we need to be ha- having a biblical mindset on Christian community that it's not just I go to church and I come home and then my life over here is separate and individual. And then, you know, on certain occasions we go and be a part of the church. No, we are the church and we are individually members of one another and what that looks like practically is walking through life together you know when you're going through a hard time you let someone in your fellowship know you let someone in your your community know what Mm. you're going through so that you can receive prayer so that you can receive encouragement and advice and comfort and those are just a couple practical ways that a a community blesses your marriage and Mm. benefits your marriage and then on the other hand you can be that same you can see you can be that same purpose for someone else's. Yeah, not marriage. candy should be. Should be. We You're should called be to. The responsibility is there. Walking in a way that we could be examples to others. Mm-hmm. You know, our pastor always says, like, can you go to someone and tell them 
to follow your example. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, follow my example in parenting, in, you know, as a husband, as a wife, um, in our friendships. And that's, that's scary. <laughs> well, it's so funny with social media like that, you know, everybody's into mm-hmm. follow me or follow this person. But when you really consider the value of following someone's character, following someone's marriage, following someone's parenting, yeah. like there, th- that's some serious stuff that we should be evaluating and making sure yeah. that we are walking righteously. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean we're perfect. It means that we're testing our own fruit. Mm-hmm. We're testing to see that we are walking upright and we're testing all, we're not just assuming like, well, no, I don't have to be that way because I'm not a pastor. Well, no, we're actually members of one another. So we actually get to evaluate ourselves and see how are we walking in the giftings that God's given us for the purpose of uplifting the others in the body. Yeah. So if you listening right now, if you and your spouse are in that place where you're not walking with community, or maybe you are, but you feel mm-hmm. a little dissatisfied or disconnected in some way, this is a challenge for you. This is an encouragement for you to evaluate your life and say, what is our responsibility? Go with your spouse mm-hmm. and read Romans 12 and see if you guys are fulfilling what God has called us to do. And we're going to talk a little bit more a little later mm-hmm. about how your marriage can, um, you know, be engaging in community and what that looks like practically. But this is, this is a challenge for mm-hmm. you. And we, we want to, um, extend it out to you so that God will use Use your marriage in extraordinary ways. So the next thing we want to talk about is like this idea of community, Christian community. It's easy to talk about and say like, yeah, that sounds beautiful. Um, But so often we get people that email us and they say like, we don't have community. Where do we find that at? Or we get people that email us and they say, hey, we feel like you're the only people we could talk to. We, my close friends, I can't tell them these things. And we want to talk through this idea of like, well, How do we figure this out? Where do you find Christian community? What does it look like? And how do you be a part of it? And this question came from you guys. So we wanted to be able to answer this. That's why we're Mm -hmm. doing this episode because we know that there's a a lot of couples out there who are wrestling with where do we find Christian Mm -hmm. community? So one of the first things I would say is uh, Christian community is comprised of Bible-believing, spirit-filled believers. That's that's it. That's That's the foundation is when I claim the name of Christ and I believe his word, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm a part of the body. And so the first step is, is can you have fellowship with someone who's an unbeliever? And I would say, no, you can have friendships and relationships with unbelievers. This, this is, we can't, we're not out of the world. So that's not, that's not possible to avoid. We have relationships with people that don't believe, but can we have fellowship with unbelievers? I don't think that's true. It says, what fellowship does light have with darkness? And so fellowship is a much more specific thing. Fellowship is, I trust you. You, um, for the most part, you believe the Bible. You have the Holy Spirit. So when you're walking with me and I share something something with you, you're going to lead me back to the Word of God. You're going to lead me back to Christ, Mm -hmm. not to your own opinions, not to your own ideas. Like, well, I feel like this. So you're walking with people that think and believe as you do, which should be all founded in the word of God Mm -hmm. through the Holy Spirit. And I would add that, um, this is more logistical, but, um, you should have people in your life in close proximity. So, you know, sometimes people Mm -hmm. say, you know, well, I'm engaged on online. I I have Christian community online and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I think that that could be a really positive thing Mm -hmm. and that you could do Bible studies and things like that online and, and be even in really, really incredible, deep connection Mm -hmm. and conversations with people. But there is something so wildly beautiful about having close relationships in proximity, like yeah. physical physical well, people in your life. And necessary, because 
Although you can have great friends in other states and, and great Christian relationships in other places that are not near you, and I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, those people, if you needed it, could not just come over and help you. Right. They couldn't come to your home and know that you're broken and you're going through something hard, or, or they couldn't come to you because... Because they're not in proximity to you. They're not in close relation to you. Even if it's as simple locally. as like you, you need a babysitter for a date night because you haven't been out in a while or, you know, things that are more on the practical side of things, not, mm-hmm. not necessarily spiritual that, that you need help with. Yeah. Um, maybe you're going through a season of postpartum. We've experienced this. I went through a really hard postpartum with Wyatt oh, yeah. and we had people coming in, giving us meals from our fellowship. We had people coming mm-hmm. in and, and giving me, t- t- helping me along my, my, my physical state on providing supplements and yeah. things that I could be doing to, um, increase my blood count because it was really low after having yeah. Wyatt. So, um, there's a lot of things that I was walking through that I needed help with and our community really, mm-hmm. um, gathered around us and provided that support. And that yeah. was, that was necessary for our marriage. Mm-hmm. And on the spiritual side of things, the, the necessity of having fellowship with people that are near you, that you have corporate worship with, that you can pray with in person and can be in your home mm-hmm. is when you're walking with them, and it's not just a once a week thing. You actually, you're, you're, you have communications regularly. They, they see you often. I was going to say the see you thing is really important yeah. because you see the fruits in each other's lives. And that's so important. You can see the good fruit and you and can the, see the bad fruit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the part that we're afraid of. The yeah. bad fruit part. Yeah. We, we like our autonomy. And when I, I'm saying globally, we, we is when we walk in darkness, when we walk um, outside of Christian community, as in no one knows us. When we go home, the door's shut. You know, we, we can live how we want. We can say what we want. No we one can, can do tell what me want. what to do or yeah. how to change. They don't, we have no way of being called out, which is what exhortation is saying, hey, you should really be, hey, how, when I have brothers that see me in my life, they see the fruit of how I'm being as a husband and my wife. They can come to me and be like, hey, man, it, you're not really cherishing your wife. The way you're talking to her, the kind of the, you're not like prioritizing her, her, you know, her heart. They can actually call me out and sharpen me. Which I want to encourage those listening because I think that can be a scary thing if you haven't experienced it or maybe you have in the past and it was done, that wasn't done right. But it, it is terrifying. But you guys got to, got to understand that there's so much growth that comes with with a mm-hmm. with a fellowship like that because then you guys are sharpening each other as iron sharpens yeah. iron and it you you actually um experience maturity in Christ. It's actually necessary. We we cannot grow by ourselves. It's not possible. That's like pretending my son without parents, without any direction is just going to turn into a mature person without any sort of he, he, there's no, it's not possible. So we need each other. We need people close to us. And you know, that's why we sometimes choose um, to have fellowship with people that aren't near us because we can hide. Mm-hmm. It's easy to hide. But when we're walking close with people, they can see us. And you know what? It's scary and it's hard because it means that we're allowing ourselves to be judged. Mm-hmm. And we don't like that word. But you know what? I actually appreciate that I have men in my life that are going to call me out and help me be a better husband, a better father, a better friend, uh, more wise in the word of God, uh, stepping up in my spiritual giftings in the church. They, they encourage that because I know they love me. They believe this mm-hmm. and they believe in me. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes it doesn't look that way, but that's the truth. And you know, and they expect it of me to do mm-hmm. it back to them that mm-hmm. I'm 
I know them well enough to see their life, to see their marriage, to see how they parent, to see how they do other things, the, the way their work ethic is, the way their their um, their spending habits are. We we know these things, maybe not the, every detail, but when you're around someone enough, you see it. Yeah, and you can actually speak to them. And be like, hey, like, what what's going on here? Yeah. Like you keep making this one decision over and over and again and just it's not a mature decision, it's not a wise decision like could, let's walk in this, let's change in this. And then being there for them or them being there for you to yeah. actually walk through it. Through it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we, we're talking about how to find this community. Yeah. Um, we've talked about you know them needing to be believers. We've talked mm-hmm. about proximity, so being local. Yep. Um, what else? How else can they find? What else is important? So the the other the most important thing, and we were just talking about it before we started this, that when you read the Word of God, it's easy to be like, well, all these people over here, they're not acting this way, therefore I'm not I'm gonna I'm not gonna be around them anymore. But when we read the Word of God, our position in our, our heart and our eyes should be inward. We say, how does this speak to, how does this change me? Mm-hmm. What is this expecting of me? What does the word of God desire for me to be? And when you read these things, it's telling me, you know, for those who exhort, exhort, you know, well, for those who, you know, teach, teach well. And I, so I'm, if, if I have any of these giftings and these are things that I'm responsible for, and it's telling me to live in harmony with one another, not to be haughty. I'm not, looking out there and saying, well, they shouldn't be that way. I look inwardly and say, what kind of man, what kind of marriage, what kind of family are we being in the body of Christ? Mm. Are we being the community we desire? Mm. Are we being the community that this teaches us to be? Right? Mm. When it says hospitality, are we inviting brothers and sisters over that are having, they're struggling finding deep Connections. I think this is really good for people listening right now who maybe are in Christian community but feel dissatisfied or feel mm-hmm. disconnected Which or happens, feel like, yeah. you know, I have been trying but so-and-so is not reciprocating. Mm-hmm. So we just want to encourage you guys, if you are in that place, to just take that self-evaluation, that marriage evaluation, mm-hmm. and make sure that you are fulfilling your role, that you are initiating, that you're being the type of community that yeah. you desire. So I just, I, I, we want to pray that you would consider what kind of husband and wife, what kind of marriage, what kind of people are you being in the body? Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible tells us to not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap a harvest. So let's be the community that the Bible calls us to be. Let's invite people and let's, let's, let's teach people how to do it yeah. by reading this and doing what it says. Mm-hmm. And on a very practical level, how to find Christian community, start with your local churches. That's a yeah. great place. So let's move on to the final part of this. Uh, what are our roles in the body? Yeah, I think that individually, a husband and a wife have have roles where they mm-hmm. are functioning within the body and they're encouraging. And then as a marriage, as a whole, the couple mm-hmm. can move forward and, and provide um, just a whole realm of, of benefit to the body of mm-hmm. Christ in serving one another. So we're going to talk about some of the scriptures that back that up. So as we talk about these roles, um, we got some scripture that will explain a little bit more about what it looks like to um, practically mm-hmm. function within the body and within the fellowship that you're a part of. So the first one is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day draw near. So the importance with this verse is remembering that 
God doesn't want us to neglect to be meeting together on a regular basis. This means that yeah. we're connecting with each other throughout the week. We're meeting, you know, on Sundays or whenever your fellowship date mm-hmm. is. Um, most people do meet at church on Sundays, so that's why I suggest that. Well, and there's that, but... been a trend throughout our life we've, that we've heard uh, is, well, I don't have to go to church to, to be a Christian. Well, this actually says the contrary, that we need to be in constant, that we need to be in fellowship and gather together and not neglect it. Mm-hmm. And it says, as some are in the habit of doing. So our challenge to you, are you in a habit of neglecting gathering with other believers? Do you desire to be in community, but yet you avoid it? Because those are real questions that we need to be asking ourselves. And I want to encourage those um, who do desire to have a marriage after God, because what this looks like between Mm -hmm. husband and wife could be, and this has happened with us before, um, you have a desire to be at fellowship every single Sunday. And there's been some Sundays where... I don't want to go or things are frustrating yeah. that morning or we're in a fight and mm-hmm. it's and it's a bother to me to even think about going to church. I'm not being a supportive mm-hmm. wife. I'm not in submission to your desire to to go to mm-hmm. fellowship and I'm not willing to reconcile in a timely manner because I'm holding on to whatever that issue is. And so I want to encourage those listening, especially the wives that yeah. you can be a huge support system for your husband who's trying to lead mm-hmm. you and your family to be participating and engaging in Christian fellowship and we have to be that support for them with our words, with yeah. our actions, with everything. So on the other side of that, you know, we know there's a lot of women, the wives that are, are being the spiritual leaders and they're, and they're guiding and, and they're the ones that are constantly going to church and bringing the mm-hmm. children and, or participating and in Bible studies the husband mm-hmm. is kind of like, yeah, I'll just, you know, what, or I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And we just want to encourage you if that's, if that's in your marriage, if that's a situation in your marriage, husbands step up and, and participate. Don't just participate, but lead in it. Mm-hmm. Um, be the one that's like, Hey kid, let's go. Let's, let's part. We're going to go join the other believers mm-hmm. and, and have corporate worship together and be together with other believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't, don't let it be one-sided where, you know, this, you know, this spouse is the one that leads the, goes to church and this spouse, you know, does other things. No, do it together mm-hmm. that you guys, uh, realize the importance and the necessity of gathering with other believers. And so that you guys are, are working together with that. And uh, so that was good that you brought that up, that it, it was a struggle on your side, but it was, yeah. it's, a, it's a huge struggle on, a lot, on the other side where the women are the one, you know, the wives are, are, are bringing the family and we need the husbands, uh, we need to, we step need to be up. stepping up mm-hmm. and, and creating a culture in our home that we don't neglect meeting together with other believers. And when you guys have a heart's desire to be um, aimed at meeting together weekly and you're Mm -hmm. on the same page, this cultivates oneness in your marriage, but also oneness in the body of Christ. And when the whole body that you're a part of is committed to, to meeting together, it's a beautiful thing. And we've gotten to experience this the last few years and it, and it really is. It's cool to see how Christ uses each one of our families to, um, to build up his body. Yeah. And the other part of this verse is we're not just going to just get, you know, we do go and get fed. We go and get equipped to do the work of the ministry. That's what gathering together is. One of the purposes of it is, but we go to stir up each other to, what does it say right here? Stir up one another to love and good works. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't gather together just because it's like, check, check. We went to church. We get great. That message was great. Or I ah, didn't do that much for me. No, our purpose is getting together to stir each other up to love 
and do good works. One thing that I've been trying to encourage our kids with is um, when we're sitting at breakfast that morning um, before church, I'll ask them, hey, do you have a friend in mind that you want to go to church and encourage? Do you have something nice you want to say to them? And just getting those thoughts behind what's the purpose of going to church because it isn't just to get it isn't just to be filled up. It's to also be um, giving of your talents and yeah. your time and your energy to. That's what we read in Romans fill 12. the body of Christ. Is we 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 go to receive, mm-hmm. but we go to give as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Mm-hmm. So the, the our role as other believers in the single body of Christ, being members of one another, the purpose is to stir up each other. Mm-hmm. For good works and growing in the word and and becoming you know godly fathers and godly mothers and and uh, how we can serve the world around us and love our neighbors and uh, this is the purpose this is why we go we just wanted to take a quick break to ask you if you are enjoying this content would you please leave a star review and a comment review this helps us spread the word about marriage after god and and just all the episodes that we have to offer and we would love uh just to get that reach out there so please again if you have a moment just um take that time to leave a star review and a comment review for us thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the episode so the next scripture that we wanted to read was Ecclesiastes 4, uh, 9 through 12. And this one we use a lot in marriage encouragement to other yeah. couples, but it's also a pretty positive verse for the body of Christ. And so Aaron, do you want to read that? Well, it's good because the, the picture of marriage is a symbol of the body of Christ. Right. You know, Christ and the, ch- and the church are going to get married. So Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And threefold cord is not quickly broken. So I love this verse because I feel like it gives a clear depiction of what the the body can Mm -hmm. do for your family. I mean, we've experienced this and I kind of already shared about my postpartum time with Wyatt, but there's been so many other occasions Mm -hmm. too. We're just, just little scenarios where we needed help and the body is better with more. That's how, that's what I get out of this verse is that there's, there's, um, benefit to having more. Well, there's wisdom in, in, in protection in numbers Mm -hmm. that as the body, we stand together. We have one mind, one spirit, one Christ, right? We, we walk together so that if one may stumble, another can pick him up. Mm-hmm. If we're in, if we're, you know, hurting, another can comfort. If we're rejoicing, we can rejoice with them. We don't do this alone. But I would, I would bet that there's people listening right now mm-hmm. that have experienced not being in fellowship and falling, and how bad that hurts, and how how yeah. lonely that feels. And if you feel helpless, you feel like I don't even know where to go from here. Where mm-hmm. if you are engaging in Christian fellowship, you might have someone who has a helping hand, mm-hmm. or has a resource, or has something that can move you mm-hmm. to the next point, and that that strips away that opportunity to dwell in loneliness or to dwell in um, depression Mm -hmm. or to dwell in um, dissatisfaction or all of those negative feelings that we feel when we are alone. And uh, let's use this as an opportunity to encourage us that we know what it feels like to be lonely Mm -hmm. and not to be, you know, blessed and helped in those times. And let us use that as a reminder to do that for others Mm -hmm. that we're aware. Like, do we have any like people in our fellowship that might be, 
lonely right now yeah. or hurting or going through something hard. How can I go bear that burden with them? Yeah. And we're talking about uh, uh, roles in yeah. uh, Christian fellowship and how a marriage can be engaging in a Christian f- fellowship. This is exactly what mm-hmm. we're talking about, to be intentional, to have a yeah. mindset of going saying, we're not just here for us, we're mm-hmm. here for you. And I think that's really important. So the last verse we want to share with you guys is in Galatians. It's chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So in another episode, we talked about loving your neighbor as yourself, yeah. and you brought up how your neighbor is your closest, or your spouse is your closest neighbor. Yeah, is the closest neighbor in proximity, and then outside of that is people in your fellowship, and then outside right. of that is your actual neighbors, and then people in your community, um, you know, local community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, the point of the freedom that we have in Christ is not for our own sake, like, oh, I can do what I want. I don't have to go to church. We could be home. We could do this. We Okay, you could do that. But this says, do not let your freedom be an opportunity for the flesh. You know what the flesh desires? Just us. Selfishness. Selfishness. The flesh desires secrecy, shadows. But it says, but through love, serve one another. Our freedom in Christ is for the purpose of serving one another. I'm now free to walk in righteousness with my brothers. Mm-hmm. I'm now free to serve my spouse and my children and my local fe- fellowship and my neighbors. So the question for a marriage after God, how can a husband or a wife serve in their local fellowship? What are some practical ways? Yeah, well, we, we mentioned some before, you know, looking for those that are in need. Um, but, you know, through giving, generosity, your finances, your time, uh, for, th- from your giftings. You know, what we read in Romans, it says if you have gift, those spiritual giftings, make sure they're being used. Maybe it's not going to be in that, the meeting. But it's going to be to other brothers and sisters in there. You know, you you having a moment with a, a brother and, and encouraging them or a sister and encouraging them in the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, using your exhort, giftings and exhortation to exhort and say, hey, here's a, a direction you probably should go in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finding ways to be used with your giftings and talents and resources and time and yep. finances to bless brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's amazing the impact that that actually has on on us like when we do fulfill that when we do walk out in serving others the the intrinsic value and what it does to our hearts is mm-hmm. transforming and wonderful well it what it does is it requires us to be in our marriage be constantly communicating with each other like hey it's true <laughs> you know what's god doing with us you know or have we because there's seasons that we're like man we've been so internally focused mm-hmm. And we, we haven't even thought about some, you know, brothers and sisters that just had babies and like, you know, situations that we could have been, you know, thinking outward, yeah, not inward. Yeah. Um, so like uh, if a friend has a baby, uh, making sure that you sign up right away to, to give them a meal. Yeah, and that's, that's just one way. Some people are really gifted in that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean everyone needs to do that. But are we being... It's just a practical way. Um, you know, Christ's body aware. Are we being aware of other people mm-hmm. in the body mm-hmm. um, to our other brothers and sisters and using our the things that God's given us in our tool belts to benefit the body of Christ. Like if you like to write, writing people encouragements or cards, mm-hmm. letters of thoughtfulness where you're you're um, pulling out a strength that you see in them yeah. and saying, I see this in you. It's wonderful. Keep doing mm-hmm. it. Just as just as an encouragement. It's a simple yeah. way that you can serve your, your fellow, fellowship. And then um, and we're going to talk about it for just briefly, but on the hard side, are you aware of brothers and sisters that might be walking in sin? Yeah. And 
being not being afraid to go speak the truth in love to them. Mm-hmm. Not because you're like, oh, I'm better at this than you and you need to change. But hey, I kind of noticed that you're wa- you're walking in something, and I just want to want to challenge you to repent of that and change. Because here, right here, it says that we should not walk. This is not a right way to walk. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, another way that we should be being. It's called iron sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. It's called exhorting each other. Right, so we we rec- we're, we're aware if a brother's failing in some yeah. er, some area, yeah. um, and it, the Bible tells us, it says, be careful if you're going to go do that. Be careful that you you yourself are not struggling with that. Yeah. So, knowing that we have a responsibility to each other, mm-hmm. that Christian community is for the sake of our is safety and for growth and for wisdom and knowledge and and security, as I said before, um, but also knowing that we have a part in it, that we're not passive partakers of what the body of Christ is doing. Like, oh, we're just here. Everyone else does their thing and we just absorb. Mm-hmm. No, we, we learn and grow for the sake of ministry, which happens in the church and outside of the church. So we have a responsibility to one another. We don't get to avoid it because the Bible tells us not to. And if we do, it's only going to be to our harm. So I just want to close with one more verse. And it's just a good perspective for us to have. It says this in Proverbs 18, verse 1. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire he breaks out against all sound judgment. Mm. So just like we read in Ecclesiastes, the cord of two, three strands is not easily broken. If we're seeking to, to separate ourselves from the body of Christ, we are, we are you know, breaking out against all sound judgment. It's not a wise thing to do. And so even though it's hard and sticky and messy at times, we are called to unity in the body, to walk with one another, to serve one another, to, to um, exhort one another, to encourage one another. That is the purpose of community, Christian community. And that is the necessity that our marriages have because it's so much easier to walk with others mm. in it. It can be hard at times, but it's, it's so much easier than, than walking in darkness and being on our own and having to deal with everything by ourselves. And a marriage after God is one where a husband and wife both support each other and encourage each other in reminding them mm-hmm. of this verse, Proverbs 18.1, where they need to be in fellowship and um, be supporting if, supportive of each other in that. Yeah. So we just want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that this encouraged you. I, I, I want you guys to dig into the scriptures that we brought up. Don't just take our word for it. Get in and read the word of God. And those scriptures we gave you are not the only ones that talk about it. Do a study with, with, your, with each other. Go through some more scriptures. Learn what, what the Bible speaks of, community and the importance of it in your marriage and in your individual life. And then teach it to your children and walk in it. And so we thank you for joining us today and we look forward to being with you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.